Welcome to episode two of Pulp Kitchen. I'm James. I'm George. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we had a really good one. We talked about No Time to Die. We finally gave our impressions on it. Don't worry, we didn't spoil anything. So you're free to watch it if you haven't yet seen it, but definitely go see it. We also talked about Seinfeld coming onto Netflix, which I can say we're both very excited about. And in the game, I think I was fair, but George is not happy because he thinks it was harsh. But you've got to stick around for it because it's a good one. Play along at home. Hi. Hello again. Talia is sick, not COVID. That's okay, sorry to hear that. How, how, what's the sickness? I'm cold. I'm so, I can't get sick. There's been wiped down, everything. I've, I've, I've sprayed in there, I haven't cleaned in here. I really should. Um, I told you she was bad news. <laughs> Have you ever had a Reuben sandwich? A Reuben, what's in a Reuben? <laughs> what's in a Reuben? <laughs> Let me tell you what's in a Reuben. Okay. As I explained, a uh, New York sandwich invention. Yep. Uh, not, by, not invented by a guy called Ruben, invented for a guy called Ruben. And I really love that you did Google it or knew it before and Googled went it. in here. I Googled it. Yeah. And normally it's obviously salt beef. Like I mm -hmm. said, you didn't have time to prep that. Mm -hmm. So we've got beef pastrami instead. We've got sauerkraut. We've got gherkins. We've got uh, Russian dressing, which is basically... Nicer than it sounds. Ketchup, mayonnaise, Worcester sauce, hot sauce. Uh, usually a bit of horseradish, but I'm not going to buy horseradish sauce just because it wasn't just horseradish. It was horseradish sauce. And that's full of crap if you get it from a jar. It's I kind of make it myself. It's kind of like when you were a kid and you took everything from the cupboard and went to your sister and go, "I made you, I made you yeah. something. Go on, try yeah. it." And you just so tried to poison them. Yeah, and that's that's in there. That's in there. So enjoy. <laughs> um, and then a bit of Emmental cheese. You can use Gruyere as well. Seasoned with a little uh, garnished with a little pickle there as well. No, we're gonna so do, we're going to do a, a cheers. Oh, uh, yeah. A sandwich a bump. Smush, a sandwich kiss. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Props to the Toasty Maker. Props to, for pushing for the Toasty Maker. Thank you. The Toasty Maker discussion has been going on for two yeah. weeks. Should we just get Toasty Maker? Is that a silly thing to have for food on a, on a podcast? But I think if, any, if anyone took a Google yeah. on YouTube food, and see how prominent sandwiches are yeah. as just a baseline for food content. Yeah. There's a lot, I see a lot of potential. There's a whole, whole sub-genre. Sub I love that you did a McDonald's and you did double cheese either side of it. Bringing it together as all good cheese should. Well-chosen cheese, too. I agree, a Gruyere would have gone down well, too. Um, double buttered bread. On it's just leaving that little bit of sticky dew on my yeah. thumb, which, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's dessert. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do that again? Who's the sticky Jew? <laughs> the stick. God, geez. what is happening to you? I have, a, I, have, I have like a very narrow windpipe. I get food traps a lot. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I've never heard of someone saying they have a narrow windpipe. Shut the fuck up. What the fuck is Shut a fuck. narrow windpipe? It's not even a windpipe. It's esophagus, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm hypoglycemic. I, I have a narrow windpipe. I have windpipe. Okay. okay. So, thank you for that. No worries. Do you want to know why I went for an American sandwich? American, please. Because I was thinking about American diners. Because have mm. you seen, they've put the whole of Seinfeld on Netflix. 
so just, excited. Just dumped the whole nine seasons. Now we've seen it up for people, you know, I'm, I mean, most people know who Seinfeld is, but actually in the UK, I don't think it hasn't quite got the resonance because it was never Anecdotally syndic- in our age group, people our age, I don't think. Have yeah, because it was right. never syndicated yeah. in the way that like Friends was. Mm-hmm. So Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's comedy sitcom in the, in the late 80s through to the 90s, made with Larry David. Uh, again, about show about nothing, which was about four friends going to a coffee shop and talking about stuff. And the episodes were very much structured around, you know, kind of like micro social commentaries. It was like, the show about nothing. Yeah, what happens if we had a whole show where you're just stuck in a line for a Chinese restaurant? That's the show. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? You're looking for your car in a parking garage. But I want to ask, because you got me into that. Because, mm. you know, I, I like Jerry Seinfeld. I, I, I kind of got into him through Comedians in Cars and I, I love Larry David. But... I want to just know what's your opinion of the show, because I think mine is quite ambivalent. Picking up on what you just said, I also wasn't exposed to Seinfeld as a young kid. My dad, huge Larry David fan growing up, always used to watch the really old Curbs before I understood why it was yeah. funny. Saw it as this very sort of documentary style conversational yeah. thing that I couldn't really pick up on. Eventually learned to love it. For the whole time in my teens, I kept hearing references yeah. to Seinfeld, curb references Seinfeld yeah. so much. I didn't have any way to place it. It was only till I was at uni that mm. it happened stance. I was like, I love Larry David so much, I've got to mm. check out Seinfeld and just started yeah. watching it and fell in love with it. Also for like people like, so when we say Larry David, Larry David, Curb is Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is Larry David's show that he made after Seinfeld. Yeah. He was one of the producers and the writers and showrunners of, yeah. of, of Seinfeld. And he plays, uh, he cameos George all, Steinberg, the faceless, yeah. all yeah. the fa- loads of faceless roles or like random person on the yeah. street. You'll just hear him and you'll go, that's Larry David. But Curb Enthusiasm is, is fantastic. It's been going for mm-hmm. 20 years and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But, okay. I, I mean, I'll tell you what I think of Seinfeld because you got me into it and, uh, and, it, and it's so revered. I mean, you mentioned mm. any sort of like uh, Am- American acquaintances and they're just like, oh yeah, I love Seinfeld. Mm. But it's interesting. It's beca- it became the cool thing to say you loved Seinfeld over Friends. Instead of Friends. Right. <laughs> and, and for a while when I started to watch it, I could see why. Because there is a sweet spot in the Seinfeld series from season three to season five. That show is is on fire. That show is is doing things with the genre of sitcom and inventing, reinventing it and making things. Maybe we could do this with an episode. Maybe we could do this episode. That is just, you almost want to clap. I mean, the, yeah. the defining episode that, that everyone will talk about is the contest. The contest. The contest. And you watch that and, and you just think this is so well crafted and it's completely changed what you can do with the... And for the time it came out, yeah. I imagine even more impactful than it is watching you know, it now. But you know, that whole episode... It's about, you know, that, but they don't mention yeah. the word. No. That, isn't that fantastic? There, there's zero accountability for them, and that's brilliant. They know it, yeah. the audience knows it, anyone who could have a go at them knows it, and that's you, you feel like you're in on the joke. Exactly. And for the ref, I meant, like, it's uh, it's about uh, self-abuse. I'm trying to send it. I'm yeah. trying to say it in, 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 a, in, a, in a polite way. This sounds worse. It's about self-pleasure. This sounds like a hearing. Like, it's like, oh, there's a lot of self-abuse. I, I think if you, a lot of people will say, if you've never watched a Seinfeld episode, they'll tell you to watch the contest, which is fine, but it's yeah. not a perfect example no. of the Seinfeld episode. No. And on the listicles online, you know, when you see the top 10 yeah. Seinfeld or 100 best Seinfeld episodes, it's usually yeah. in the top three. So it gets a lot but of But I would also attention. say you need to run up to it because you won't enjoy mm. it as much as you should unless you know those characters. You gotta know the characters. But, okay, so, so there's episodes like that. And there's the one, like I said, about the Chinese restaurant. And, and there are some ones... You know, you've got so these four characters. Jerry, who plays basically, he, he's guess what? He plays a guy called Jerry Seinfeld, who's a, who's a stand-up comedian, has lots of attractive girlfriends. Yeah. He's very successful, has his own. He's apartment. kind of famous, but not really. He gets uh, appearances on telly, but yeah, he's never right. famous to the point where it's actually distracting to the and show. And you've got his, his short, stocky friend George, who's just like everything bad happens to him all the time. Yeah, you've got his 
crazy neighbor across the hall called Kramer, who's just like a character like no other. Uh, and then you've got Elaine, who's Jerry's ex-girlfriend, but they're friends, but uh, well, they won't lay, but that doesn't really matter. Anyway, but I think after season five and like to the end of season nine, it kind of, I mean, maybe even after season seven, if I'm being kind, but mm. it really takes this really zany direction and uh, makes it really hard to talk about Seinfeld as a whole. Whereas I can feel like I can talk about Friends as a whole and say, obviously it changes and evolves, but ultimately I can say, I, I left that show feeling happy. Whereas the way that Seinfeld ends, they become such horrible horrible sociopathic narcissistic characters that I really didn't enjoy spending time with them and it got also in, got away from the social like commentary that it started with that was really funny the social observations and became like really really zany I, I mean it's hard to know if you haven't seen it and I'm sorry if you haven't but I mean that's my takeaway so I feel very very torn about so, it so I've heard this from you before and, and in a lot of ways I, I agree I think coming out of season 6 into season 7 Seinfeld does start to become a slight parody of itself and the characters are almost yeah. too self aware I also think there's the effect of the actors know the characters so well, mm. they're writing and doing it mm. on almost autopilot. It's like, I know yeah. how this is going to yeah. go. And you can see in their eyes that they can see yeah. the forest for the trees and what they're doing. But even though I do agree, and I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. And, mm. and the characters were never trying to be likable. And even mm. when Seinfeld mm. does feel like it's parodying itself and maybe a little mm. bit too self-aware, the hits of Seinfeld are still, I think, when that moment hits where you're like, this is all come together and it's so good, I think is better than most sitcoms. Mm. I agree with you. Mm. I think Friends, especially from season four, is some of the best yeah. sitcom TV. And I, I and did consistent, go very consistent. consistent. And I did go through a phase where I was like, oh, Friends is shit, Seinfeld is better because I was just watching more Seinfeld at the yeah. time. But then I rewatched Friends, I think when it came onto Netflix, and I was like, oh, these first three seasons, I know all these characters more than they do. Yeah. And they're warming up. And then season four goes, and you're like, this is this still works yeah. for the tenth time watching it through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still think Seinfeld in its end works for me more than Friends does in a lot of ways. Okay, and that's interesting because that I, well, for a start, I, I actually hate the fact that I've brought up the comparison with Friends because why does everything have to be a competition? Why does no. everything have to be a competition? Why can't things just exist in their own way? Why no. can they complement each other? I mean, that's perfectly fine. Um, we, you, I, you can you say, still choose to watch either every yeah. single day. <laughs> but when you, when you say that they weren't designed to be likable, I think that's, that's, I don't know, that's not quite how I saw it because mm. initially Elaine really redeemed those characters because even though she had her faults, Elaine almost redeems the three men that she's with. But by the end of it, by the end of this, the, the, all of the seasons, like Elaine is really awful as well, like really horrible and just silly. Like I never really got her, her thing. Okay, but look, you know, whatever here and there about Seinfeld, but if it is on Netflix and you haven't seen it, I would say mm, watch it because give it a try. even though the core, and, I, and this is something we disagree agree on, I think the core talent of the four of them is unbalanced Okay, okay. You Jerry's, wait, 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 Jerry's wait, wait, wait. not as good right. as the other one. Your core players, your, your George Costanzas and your Elaine's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jason Alexander and Julie, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, solid, doing their good performance, doing their coming actors. Jerry is on the cusp of laughing, like, the whole time. The whole time. He can't really... And it, re, it, it it's so funny, but it's like, Jerry, you're really just breaking. You're just... I see you laughing because you're like, teehee, I'm on my little show. He's got, like, the yeah. corner of his mouth smiling most of the time. Yeah, exactly, for, for, our, for our audio listeners. But... On the balance of that, though, I, I, and this is why I would say for people to watch Seinfeld, because Michael Richards' performance as Kramer is such an excellent, like, masterclass in physical comic acting. Unbelievable. That isn't from, like, the silent era, that's in, like, a relatively modern era, is 
he his a single movement is hilarious, and mm-hmm. that is such a fantastic skill. He has that thing. You walk in the room, and it's funny. Yeah, yeah. He, he, there's a clip where he. It's clearly an accident where he goes to... I watched it the other day in a really good episode called The Pie mm. where he uh, goes to turn to leave the room and he accidentally knocks the door and he just pivots on the back of his heel like he's bumped into someone. Yeah. And it's... Mwah, chef's kiss. People say this effect about a few comedians. They say it also about Zach Galifianakis, regardless oh, really? whether you like him or oh, not, yeah. but he walks in the room and it's funny. Yeah. And it, very few comedians can just walk in and they ha- they just have an energy, they yeah. have a, 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 a momentum, and, yeah. and that is funny you know what? enough. I would say that that about people who even aren't comedians. You know, I've, 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 mm. I'm sure you've... A friend of yours. I've met people in my life. I'm yeah. just like, geez, you're naturally funny, but you have no idea. Yeah. You were just... I don't know why, but I'm laughing because you're just... <laughs> just of your existence... <laughs> Sometimes people don't want to be funny. They want yeah. to be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, well, they're not aware that they're funny. They could be really dry and deadpan. Yeah. And people laugh at them, but they don't take yeah. it in. It's not received. They just yeah. are. Well, that was always the thing with like Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington, wasn't it? Like yes. he found Carl Pilkington really exactly. Funny. Exactly. And Carl Pilkington had no idea. No. Anyway, Seinfeld, check it out. I don't know. Let us know your thoughts. And like with all sitcoms, the first season is the shortest season. It's like six or eight episodes. It's warming up. It's warming up. Season two is warming up. Se- season two, but you start getting into those yeah. iconic. We're looking for our car in yeah, the parking yeah, garage. Yeah. We're yeah. waiting in line at a Chinese restaurant. It'll be five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we live in a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, as you go through, you're just going to see all the callbacks. But, and but season, season five is like, I think every single episode is a hit. It yeah. almost goes <laughs> Also, the thing we haven't talked about, the reason why Seinfeld, just as a last point, mm. is that it doesn't do continuity. And I think that catches it out, actually. Towards it's the a, end. Uh, well, the only season that they do continuity is the one where they four. do the show, season four. And the yeah. rest of the time, there is no overlap. Okay, obviously, sometimes relationships will, you know, characters will come mm. back. But there is no um, continuity. And I, f- I think that affects how much an audience has a stickability with that, how much of a relationship. Whereas obviously Friends through. is like the opposite. Sorry to compare it again. I know I should. I it has the love story that you, that you stick around yeah. for. One thing, if you, again, if we're talking about Seinfeld, like we are pretending to someone who's never seen it before. Season four and reason why it's great is because it's so meta. They yeah. are pitching to a network the show that you're currently watching. Yeah. So Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza, who is meant to be written like Larry David, yeah. are going to networks pitching a show yeah. about nothing. Thing. And that's that's part yeah. of their show, and you're just watching this like this is ridiculous. But you're, it's so yeah. nice because you are so in on the joke. Crazy Joe Davola, crazy Joe Davola. <laughs> and what's funny is like so many of my friends who yeah. I went to school with, same age as me, adore Curb. And so do we. Yeah. And, and they love and they watch every episode, and we're constantly referencing it. But they haven't watched Seinfeld. And I'm like, I said it a thousand times. You've got to watch it. You've got you, to watch you it. You do kind of need to see the origin. But I, I yeah. think all the good, all the good of Seinfeld is in Curb. Yes. Whereas not a lot of the... Only part of the good of Curb is in Seinfeld. The packaging of Curb is completely different, but the DNA yeah. of the comedy is the same. Just to, just a last thing on... The, it, I keep saying the last thing. Why am I trying to cut your conversation short? Right, no, no. With Curb, what I love is that every episode is like an old-fashioned joke and that, that, that it's constructed like there's like a setup at the beginning in the mm. middle bit, and there's like five concurrent storylines, so five different jokes, and the way that it always ends in crafted, where all these jokes come together and into a, basically a punchline, boom, boom, but yeah, boom, is terrific. And, uh, and it doesn't uh, get tired, and it's so cathartic. It, it's cathartic, and how brilliant is it that Larry David is moaning, you know, hey, well, I don't, I don't wanna, you know, he could be so irritating, but mm. actually, you just like, ah, oh, 
I, I, we all have Larry David inside yeah. us. He's our, he's like our um, patron, pat, patron saint of yeah. sticking up for the small stuff. You know, oh, I don't like when people, people to chew gum around me. You know what I like about you, Larry? You say the shit no one else would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So this week, George and I went to go see the brand new James Bond film, No Time to Die. We actually went to go see this film together. Yeah. We thought it would be interesting to record five minutes of our thoughts just before yep. going in, what our expectations were, what we wanted, see the film, yep. come straight out. We didn't talk to each other. We literally yeah. walked straight back to where we recorded our intro and then give our raw thoughts as fresh as they are coming out of the cinema. If for some reason you didn't know, No Time to Die is Daniel Craig's fifth James Bond movie. Um, it's starring Rami Malek, Lea Seydoux, Ray Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Ben Whishaw... Crikey, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like most people... Yeah, that, if we but... reference any of them later, that's who we're talking about. That's also it. worth noting that this film has been delayed by over a year now. 18 months. 18 months. It's meant to come out last April spring. April 2020, yeah. And it was one of the biggest... Fil- I, think, I think a lot of people also from last Christmas were really hoping they would sign a deal with someone and release it, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so George and I went to go see it. Here are our thoughts. Roll the clip. Okay, so George, what are we doing here? It's a Saturday. It's uh, we're in Finchley Road, yep. London, a multiplex, United Kingdom. Yeah. At eleven thirty in the morning, my decision on a very grey day, a very grey British miserable day. So what a perfect day I to see also, a British icon. Absolutely. I must also say, George, this is the first time I've been to the cinema. Yeah. For a long time. The last time I went was, was with, with you me to go see Tenet. Yeah. What was that? July. That was September twenty twenty. And that was the last time I went to the cinema as well. So this is a new day for us, for us both, a post-pandemic or still in pandemic uh, cinema trip, even though we look like we're on a geography field trip. Yeah, we look like um, we're turning we, we, look like, we, look like, we look like we're waiting for the bus to turn up. We've got a clipboard. The pupils are over there. I, uh, I read quite an interesting thing on the internet about how originally James Bond was written coming out of World War II where there were rationings and food shortages and not huh. enough food. And now we're here in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a year. Well, right now, this week, we've had fuel shortages and not enough food. And it, it's always been this lovely, glamorous Uber escapism yeah. for so many people. And I like that James Bond still plays that role. Probably well, in the next film, guys. he'll be a lorry driver. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Mission Impossible. That will be that's the most the... exciting thing ever. Um, so, George, what, what, what do you say you want out of this movie? Well, uh, I just want to have some fun. Yeah. I just want to have some fun. I, I have no real strong attachment to James Bond. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't dislike him, but I really take my enjoyment of Bond on a film-to-film level. Uh, you know, so like, you should. So, so, so uh, Casino Royale, I enjoyed it, but I saw it at the cinema yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> Didn't see Quantum of Solace. Saw Skyfall once at the cinema, enjoyed it. Saw Spectre, thought it was pretty laughable, yeah. actually. Pretty laughable. I like the director. Yeah. Um, so... I'm, 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 I'm up for it. I'm, I'm all right. But also, if it's a disappointment, I don't, I don't feel like I've lost nothing. You've taken very little going All in. I've done is sat in the dark for two, three hours. Yeah. Uh, I've stayed away from reviews, but someone said, it's the best Bond film in years. And I was like, well, it's been it's six, been six years. years. And we don't, it, well, I think what's kind of nice about James Bond is we don't get one every year. They are a bit more of an yeah. occasion. They're a bit special. And I, I think I often am comparing it to a lot of other things, which are actually a lot more frequent, a lot yeah. more annual. And part of me is kind of happy that James Bond isn't yeah. over overdone. It yeah. is an event. I go, oh, even though some of them are disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I go, oh, I'm Bond's really back. looking forward to yeah. this. Bond's back. Even, even when they're not good, they're still very well put together movies. 
But they said that about this thing. When they say it's the best Bond film in years, like no, they just mean it, it's the best Bond film, bef- bef- the one before the last one. Because yeah. when Skyfall came out, they're like best Bond film in years. Yeah. I mean, Casino Royale came out, like best, best Bond, Bond film. film yeah. So by the law of averages, it went Casino Royale <laughs> good. Bankable Royale, yeah. yeah. So actually, this should be this should be a good one. Um, I want, I want some fun. I think, like, especially coming off of Spectre, there was there was a lot of confusion and, and mix of tone. I, I want it to be fun. I want Daniel Craig's era yeah. to have been remembered as having been some of the best Bond films we've ever had, modern, self-aware, and just a really good time in the cinema. I don't want to be, I don't want to be buried down with yeah. a load of themes that aren't fully thought out. I just want to see uh, a well-executed, like, modern film that isn't a superhero film. Good action. That is just like, yeah, like, like just d- d- delivers... Mi- you know, if you want a Bond film in 2021, or 2020s, it should have been. Yeah. I want to see, like, cutting-edge modern stuff. But, you know, six years, that's a long time. Should have been five, but yeah, six. But, no, but, six, I know, but like, for audiences, like, six years was the time between Timothy Dalton and, and, and Pierce Brosnan, by the way. Like, yeah. that's the, that, like, from 1989 to, like, 1905, I think, Goldeneye. Yeah. Goldeneye's my favourite. Really? Goldeneye's your favourite? Because it's the one I watched the most when I was a kid. That's the, I, that, that is what my sole appreciation of Bond is based on. Like, 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 a, like a child thing. I, I, once I grew up into... It was, very, it was very odd time with like the typing and the hacking yeah, yeah, and like yeah. the codes. Oh, and yeah, we didn't yeah. really know how tech worked yet, so you could do anything on the screen. But it was all and... about post Cold War. Do you remember it was all like yeah. set in the and then they got the get he drives a tank. James Bond driving a tank. Of course, so cool. I, I have a soft spot for I have a soft spot for one of the worst Bonds, which is Die Another Day. Because I remember on sleepovers. We would watch that movie to make fun of it, and I had oh, so much fun. Okay, that's such nice. a soft spot on my heart, making fun of how ridiculous it is, and the space laser <laughs> cutting through the ice, and like the diamonds yeah. in the guy's face. Do you know, I remember. I also have like a really strong uh, memory of the world is not enough because oh, it had because yeah. the Millennium Dome in it. That was like mm, so running it, off. The everyone Dome. was just like, oh, the Millennium Dome is so famous, and it had that thing. It had the boat chase, and the world is not enough is quite ridiculous. Yeah, but I had the video game. Yes. Which was just wonderful. GoldenEye video Golden game, Eyes. iconic. Uh, yeah, iconic. So, everything or nothing on PS2. Yeah, yeah the world's... They actually got Pierce yeah, Brosnan, yeah. Willem Dafoe to be the villain, which is really rad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why couldn't they have got him in this film? I mean, yeah, it's just that they do. So, this is like Rami Malek's first big... I feel like first big thing after Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, he's done a couple of other stuff, but yeah. like, this is his like thing. Um, so, it'd be interesting to see... Big film for him. Because, I, you know, I liked him in Mr. Robot. Yeah, he was. He was. I've mixed feelings about being Rhapsody, but like he, he, he was good. He, in his it. performance was definitely good. Yeah, he was um, like holding Le- it up. Leah Sadu returning, which is not usual for. A I don't really girl. care for the continuity. Again, but this is the thing. I don't care about the continuity. It, no yeah. one, no one could return because it, it doesn't make sense anyway. The fact that we had um, Judy Dench as M started in the Pierce Brosnan era, yeah. and they just went all the way through. Well, you know about the many Bonds theory. Oh well, they're all like running in the same world. The, the just... 007 is not James Bond is a is a, is a moniker that people take on, oh. which explains M. Again, no, one, no one's thought about this yeah, more than but, me. But also, that doesn't make sense because in Skyfall, like it's on the grave, isn't it? Like his parents were called so and so Bond, and weren't they? yeah, but is that just not? Did you ever read? Silver Finn. Yes, everyone. Yeah. Everyone who yeah. grew up so, at our age, okay. around around 14, context, 15 context, years old, so had to read Silver Yeah. Finn. So Silver Finn was a book by I think Charlie Higson, a British writer, that came out on, off the back of like the, the boom that came with Stormbreaker and the Anthony Horowitz yes, books. And then they did these like young spy. They did these young Bond films. One was called Silver Finn, and it was all set in Scotland, and it was and it was actually pretty good. I remember yeah, really, really enjoying yeah. it. Oh, the, the one Bond brand. <laughs> <laughs> wow, James, damning with faint praise. So Amazing. we're going in 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 sh- shortly. We're going to see this, and we'll give you our raw, our raw as they reaction. come out, as fresh as they'll ever be impressions. But I think you're you're probably 
more more excited than I am. I, I'd say so. I think yeah. I have a lot more just from like watching James Bond as a kid. I, I attach a lot of special memory to yeah. James Bond. I really want. I really. I'm really rooting for the movie, and I want it to be good. For, for me, it's like take my opinion as you will. Well, I think. That. I think for me, I feel like I could take it or leave it, which sounds like a Bond yeah. title. James Bond, take it or leave it. Everything or nothing. Yeah, take it or leave it. Starring George Monday. So we'll let you know. Amazing. Okay, so we're about to go in. It's going to be about two and a half hours, three hours include ads. And we are going to give you our raw impressions in three, two, one. So there we go. Yes. About three hours later. We're here. We've just finished seeing No Time to Die. The weather yeah. is still terrible. Worse, I'd say. Yeah, well, oh yeah, definitely yeah. worse. Yeah, grim. Um, Quite reaction, go. What do you think? I had a good time. Yep. I think the first half is better than the second half. Yep. I think it was interesting how different it was to Sam Mendes' last two. Yep. And I kind of enjoy that it yep. was distinctively yep. different. It's uh, it's missiles, nanobots, viruses, and magic flowers. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was yeah. bad. Overall, I really yeah. enjoyed myself. Yeah. I thought yeah. a lot of the jokes really landed and yeah. I was having a good time. Yeah. As I just said, first half better than the second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the performances around Daniel Craig. Yeah. I love that we got to see yeah. more of Ray Fiennes in yeah. this. They had a couple of really great scenes together. A couple of plot points, of, this is completely spoiler free, but a couple of plot points I'd say towards the end I was a bit, I feel like a lot of these conflicts could have been resolved if some characters had had better lines of communication between them. And if we had just kind of earlier on explained what was going on, maybe we wouldn't have to be in the situation. Yeah. But all in all, I had a good time. George. Well, going in, I was like, that's all I want. It's a good yeah. time. And I had a good time. That was, that is, I got what I wanted. Yeah. It was uh, shot really well, really well directed. Mm -hmm. I really like that director. And there's the, some excellent, like, you know, little individual like, vision, vision bits, you know, like little scenes, little vignettes, like the yes. ab sailors and stuff. Um, enough mumbo jumbo to make it a Bond film. Yes, it was. Mumbo -jumbo. The Sam Mendes stuff was really like about Bond. It's all about Bond. Who is Bond? It's all about Bond's identity, deconstructions. Mm -hmm. And this was like, we don't really care about that. Let's give space to these other characters around him. Like, we know who Bond is now. Yeah. yeah but, but, but respectfully giving him space. Sure. So, like, Lashana Lynch. Um, I think it was really great addition. Really good. And the Phoebe Waller-Bridge-isms that were dotted throughout the scripts were all, I felt, to the benefit of the film and not to the detriment. Because with that style, I was always thinking, is this going to overwhelm the whole film? But no. Yeah. So yeah, I had, a, I, had a really, I had a good time. Solid. And I felt, do you know what I got? I got Dark Knight Rises vibes. Sure. Yeah. I, I, what you were saying about the script, it really did feel like a script that it, it's like you know when you get your parents to look over your homework. <laughs> Whereas I feel like Spectre was handed in the night yeah. before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rushed. Just oh, rushed. Yeah. No one had really gone to connect the dots. It was quite I, frustrating. I would say, like you, I think the second it's two two and a half hours just over. Yeah. I think it lags in like the towards the otherwise end. really well yeah. paced. Up yeah. To really that. well paced. Really great. But um, I was. If I had one disappointment, I'd say it's Rami Malek, actually, as the villain. I think he wasn't a, given enough time in the film to really I establish agree. himself. And once he was there, he actually didn't really go anywhere with it. It was quite one note, one dimensional. It's all very well doing the very glassy-eyed, whispery villain yeah. thing. But I wanted more of a justification for his actions apart from yeah. I'm part of an evil syndicate with evil people that yeah. does evil yeah. things. Because he, he's very visually compelling, and there's the mask, and this is all yeah, sort yeah. of first stuff you'd see in the trailer. And and the plot is, you yeah. know, his his plan is all sort of work very well and good and, and much respectable. But I'm like, I don't have a context for why you want to do this. And so, what the reason is sometimes I think is he restricted because it's a Bond villain. So that's quite a restricted role. But then I think about how much I enjoyed Javier Bardem in Skyfall. Yeah. So I'd have to say that. But I'm gonna mull on it. I'd, I'd say the thing I definitely wanted coming into this is that 
the, the, the Craig films, as they have been, No Time to Die Side, haven't felt like a cohesive whole. And, and one of the things I find annoying about Bond, you know, we were saying they, yeah. take, they, they take five years to make them, is that I didn't feel like there was always a reason to tune in to reach one, apart from yeah. it's a fun Bond film. I wanted to be rewarded for having paid attention so, yeah. for so long. Yeah. And because I felt that Bond has lived in a world without great continuity, yeah. he's lived in a world without consequence yeah. and, and without any yeah. stakes. And I did like that it did feel that they, with what yeah. they could, tied a lot of it together. Yeah. And I did feel like it, it, it tied a knot. It, we know it was the end of Daniel Craig's time. Did you spot the tracking shot, the extended take? In the, in stairs. the stairs. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very good. It's a very, and a couple of really brilliant action scenes. I'd say the, the opening scene in Italy, the action in Italy yeah, with the car yeah. was just brilliant. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. A very well directed action. All, all, I, I, I stayed to the end of the credits. You did. And he's all designed, all his clothes. Did Nick clothes. Fury turn up? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but it did say James Bond will return. Oh, did it? We're like, yeah, I know, because of the demands of consumer capitalism. I needed to pee, it was two and a half yeah. hours. But long. no, it says at the end, all the clothes for Daniel Craig are designed by Tom Ford. Yeah, he yeah. does a lot of them, yeah. So um, yeah, that's. I need to stew on it though. I do, we'll definitely need to stew. I'm, gonna, I'm very curious to see where I put it in my rankings. Back to uh, George and James in the studio. Back to, back to the studio, guys, thank you very much. <laughs> so there you go, those were our fresh, raw thoughts as we came out of the cinema. George, you've had a few days now to think on it. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Do you feel the same? Do you feel different? What are your thoughts? I, I feel actually uh, the same as I did coming out of it, if not just more confident in that opinion. The, the, I have this thing about the, the phrase calling... Um, I have this thing about the word solid, calling something solid. It sounds like the definition of damning with faint praise. But I, my thought when it's I like think It's about, like saying it's fine. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's not. And when I, when I think about No Time to Die, I think that is solid. I had a solid time. It was, that means it's- In a good way. It was, ev oh, completely. It was even, it was well, it was clearly well handled. They had a firm grip on what they wanted to do with that film and what they were trying to do. It doesn't all work, but I never came out of it thinking there was a great flaw here and a great success there. It felt very evenly balanced, very uh, evenly pitched. The MVP for me is Lashana Lynch. Mm. She is just, every scene that she has, just, she has such agency and like you really, I really felt like, yeah, you, you, you kick those baddies. She's you cool. Punch them. You, she's she, a cool character. Effortlessly cool. She's Effortless. in a way, she's like cooler than Bond mm. in some of those scenes, which is brilliant. Because he's old. Oh, Craig Films have always been on. Yeah, yeah, James yeah. Bond's old, but he's like a bit cringe almost. Yeah. So anyway, so I think I think it's definition solid. I really like Carrie Fukunaga. I couldn't mm. get. I can't remember his name when we were recording uh, outside the cinema. That there's an extended take. I won't say when in in this film, which is brilliant because he yeah. the first time I saw Carrie Fukunaga. His work was True Detective, like back in 2014. There's a, I remember there was an episode in that when there's an extended take, and everyone was just like, an extended take? People this is pre 1917, pre Victoria, you know, all those films. Daredevil that episode used. one. Right, okay, so all these one shot um, yeah. films. And uh, seeing in this, I was like, that is good. I think it is so much about being the end of a series of five films yeah. and how much it actually did so well to lean on the fact that it was the end and how yeah. maybe the other films in the middle could have been better had they been more leaning on something that mattered. Yeah. There were reasons for something to or to not happen. It felt like there were stakes and yeah. consequences yeah. and that was more appealing and more me mesmerizing than some of the last films are. And what you're saying about, you know, when we talk about recommending it to people, chances are even when Bond films are bad, they're quite well made mm. and you sh it's still for everyone. So even if they are bad, I can still say, 
even though Spectre's not yeah. a great movie, you probably have quite an entertaining time watching it because yeah. it, it does look really good and it yeah. is something that you can, it will, will hold your attention even if towards the end you're not loving it. Thinking more about pacing, yeah. that film was really well paced yeah. until it wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this yeah. moment where... It was where tight until it wasn't, yeah. There was some really great, because Bond is always going to be jet-setting around, you're always going to change locations, your characters are going to come in and out. Um, I actually thought Anna de Armas' uh, character was Wonderful just the right amount. Occasion. In a way, it, it's like, it, it's almost disposable, but her insertion is so much fun. Yeah. So much... Uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, that, that's ex exactly what I think. It was just the right amount there, yeah. and then it was gone, and you were like, I liked her, I'd love to see her again, but the fact that you've left me wanting yeah. more is yeah. perfect. Yeah, and, and runtime is worth talking about. It is just over two and a half hours. Yeah, but I didn't really notice it until I think a little bit. Th I think it could have lost 10 minutes. Again, it was well paced until it wasn't. Yeah. The, the whole uh, time switching okay. between locations. You're a genius. I was like, yeah, yeah, it works. We're moving on and on to the next thing yeah. and on to the next conflict. Um, another thing I really enjoyed about it was how much more we got to see of Ray Fiennes and Bond interacting. Yeah. Because I, I loved the handover yeah. from Skyfall and Interspecto. It was all a bit busy. You know what? I, there was a scene where it was uh, Ray Fiennes, uh, Ben Whishaw, and Rory Kinnear, like in the you know underground bowels of MI6, and I was like, yeah. "That's a full night, the Globe, right there." <laughs> That's those guys are proper actors. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, pull up a chair. Two hundred pounds a ticket. That... They're doing Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so come on then. All you right. rub your fingers together. And these guys... Ben Whishaw also really good. Always a delight. Not not given loads to do, but there are so many little moments of uh, expression in his face which tells a thousand words, and I'm like, "You are a good." <laughs> you, sir, have done a fine job. God damn you, you can do the thing with your face. Just talking about Daniel Craig's era as a whole, is your ranking of his films matching mine? I don't know if it is. Mine is Skyfall, Casino, No Time, Spectre, Quantum. I'm going to really out myself as a, all right, a massive amateur for, for doing a film podcast. I've seen Casino Royale once wow. at the cinema Did when it watch came it on out. Sky when, on a Friday you night. Remember, I'm school. not a massive Bond fan. Yeah. So I saw it 15 years ago when wow. I was 12. 12. <laughs> 12. Yeah. Wow. Years ago. I didn't see Quantum of Solace. You've not seen I mean, it's rubbish, but you've yeah. not seen it. Wasn't interested. Wasn't yeah. interested. And it didn't get very good reviews. So I was like, yeah. Don't. Uh, I have seen Skyfall. I did really like Skyfall. Mm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have seen Spectre, which I thought was a bit laughable, really undermined all the good work Skyfall did. And then I've seen this. So my ranking would probably be, I don't know, I haven't seen Skyfall in a long time. It'd be okay. probably Skyfall, No Time to Die, and then the rest. Fine. Oh, no, probably yeah. Casino Royale, because I just imagine that's better than Spectre. And then, you know. Wow, yeah. You were enough. expecting a really interesting answer. It's, you no, didn't get I think it. that's interesting. And I've, I'm in no position to say, well, you've got to watch Quantum of Solace. No. Like, it's, I've, too, I've it's too late. Do, yeah, I did do a bit of a, like, a recap on the internet about that. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't spend my time on that. They had writing strikes. They didn't have a script or they were making it. Yeah. Not, 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 not a great not, plan. A bit like this show. <laughs> yeah. It's game time. Brilliant. So, we've played this game before. This is the haiku game. I don't have a better oh, okay. name for it. You know what? The name should be a haiku. So, George is very good at guessing films. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of, knowledge of films. And he's also very good at knowing when they came out. So, uh, uh, in this game, I have written a haiku about a film. It's somewhat abstract, okay. somewhat right. has thrown in synonyms and different things. And George has to guess what film I'm talking about just from the haiku that I wrote, I 
writ, written. Okay. I wrote. And you can guess along too. And you can guess along too. As we all know, a haiku is a poem structure, a Japanese poem structure, consisting of three lines. The first line is five syllables, the second line is seven syllables, and the third line is five, okay. five syllables. Very restrictive, but from restriction comes something really beautiful. Yeah. And you know what, mate? I, I was writing these today and yesterday, and I had such a fun time just giggling well. to myself, <laughs> thinking about films and putting in all these weird I'm little hints. Fantastic. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'd just be glad that I had fun. So you get a point for guessing the film. Okay. And you get a point for guessing the film, uh, the year that the film came out. Okay. The first time we did this, George completely embarrassed me and just was able to steam through all of them. So I've got a bit harder. Oh, I've got okay. more abstract. All right. I've chosen different ways of hinting to the film. Okay, one question. Are these films new films, old films, a mixture? You've got a mixture. I would say none of them are particularly old or new. That's the, that's the only clue right. you can but, get. But they're, they're, they are famous films. You're not just slipping in there. Like you, a, they're okay. not... I think I'm fair with the film choice. All right, okay. Game on, brother. Haiku... Number one. And of course, please play at home. Hair full of secrets, a book that should have been burned. Watch out for the bus. Ooh, oh. Gosh. That is hair full of secrets, a book that should have been burned. Watch out for the bus. Mean Girls. Yes, God damn it, he's good. And can I get the year that Mean Girls came out, please? 2004. Hang on, that's two points for George. Because the burn book. And Burn then obviously book. Regina George with the bus. And then her, I love her hair. It's full of secrets. Yeah. Thank right. you. Come on, be honest. How many did you get? <laughs> okay, come on. Haiku, number two. I searched far and wide. All I got was this lousy head inside a box. Oh, uh, uh, seven. It is seven, yeah. correct. And can I get the year that seven came out? 1995. God, you're good. That's great. That's, that's four points for George. Did you get it? Did you? Good film there. Do you know what the thing about the, the mm. ending of that mm. film is? Even though I'm not going to say what it is, just yeah. us, but, but with the thing with the box. It referred, that whole haiku referred to you it. You never see what's in the box. No. That's just brilliant. People think you do. What's people in the box? Yeah, because people imagine it. And yeah. Brad Pitt screaming and Morgan Freeman saying, Don't! John Doe has the upper hand. Do not become. What is it? What's the last sin? <laughs> if you kill him, you are him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and the, you, you, never, you, you never see what's in the box. Brilliant. Carry on. Haiku number three. Go. Crying on man boobs, selling fat back to the rich. Where do I sign up? Uh, Fight Club. Thank you. 1999. Yep. And I, I, I really don't rate that Fight Club too easy. at all. Really? As a film. I wow. really, really okay. don't. I, Why? I, I, I just, I rewatched it during lockdown. Mm. And I just think it's so manic and, and, I think is it the style? You I think it's it? the style, and I think it, the the way it tells its message is just, like I think the message could be it's, it's almost quite obvious. I mean, maybe it's, it's because it's, we're twenty years later. Maybe, but it's like, yeah, I get it. But you're doing it in such a sort of aggressive, like, and it's just. I, I think, think it's maybe a bit also testosterone. Yeah, I think it's very testosterone like induced. And I think what's put me off is the fact that that film has become so associated with a certain like type of like Mad. Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, a bit like Pulp Fiction, but but even Pulp Fiction though I can it's that's not even I think that's slightly different. I, I think Pulp Fiction has much more redeeming qualities as a film itself. Mm. I think if you are a teenage boy, you're going to bloody love it. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think yeah. if you're does, if you're starting to really get into film, I think Fight Club is really enjoyable, especially for a first time. Yeah, watch. well, yeah, I it, think it, 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 is, it was the Joker. It was Joker of 1999. You know, when everyone in their teenage years goes through that like little blip of being a revolutionary, like, yeah, man, yeah. Nietzsche, we should all just like yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's wonderful for someone going through that phase. Sure, as long as they do it in a calm way and don't actually punch anyone. But sure. Anyway, moving on. Thank you. This one you should get. Haiku number 
five, four, four. four. When treasure hunting, don't mess with Yahweh's power or evil Nazis. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Bang on. Yeah, please. 1982. Oh, he misses the year. It's 1981. Oh, so sorry, Shut your George. Eyes. Shut you your eyes. You idiot. Uh, oh, come on, Keep man. your eyes shut. You got the haiku bang on. Yeah. I'm yeah. just giving you a hard time. No, that's fine. I'll take the hard time. You ask. Haiku number five. Okay. Fump. The absence of light stars a shining soldier from the Middle Ages. Stars are shining? The absence of light... Stars, a shining soldier from the Middle Ages. This one is deep. Okay. Because it's a film that wouldn't be described this way. And it's a different way of writing about a film. I'll read it to is you it, one more is time. It, is it a bit of a cult film? Yes. Is it directed by... Can I have a, little, a couple of questions around it? You can have is it directed by... A director that has also made, you know, quite a lot of interesting films. I wouldn't even call them like high-profile films, though. Yes. And this had two high-profile actors in it. No, yeah, like like, like, like at the, least one one who was in very famous for playing a superhero. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is it the Fountain? No. Oh. But you're not far off. Oh, okay. Let me let me do this again. Uh, the then. answer was correct for all your questions. Apart oh, okay. From, well, okay. Let me two stars. Let me, let me Should I read it to you one more time? Yeah, yeah, please. This is haiku number five. I love that I've stumped him. The absence of light stars a shining soldier from the Middle Ages. So the absence of light stars is just one line. Or the absence of light. The absence of light. That's yeah. five syllables. Stars, a shining soldier, soldier from, that's seven, the Middle Ages. The absence of light, stars a shining soldier from the Middle Ages. Jeez. Um, it is fair. It's, it's hard, but fair. Is it from I'm the noughties? Another... Is it from the noughties? It is from the noughties. I'll give you another minute before I give it away. I have to put a time, I have to put a time on it sometime. So the absence of light is darkness, <laughs> right? Or blackness. If you don't get this, you're going to kick yourself. Uh, and it has an actor in it who used to be, who was famous for playing a superhero. Uh, the answer's uh, not no. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, shit on it. You yeah, ready? I, I give up. Yeah, go this on. is the first one you've not got. The absence of light, you're correct. Dark. And star, stars are shining, the dark night. Shining dark soldier night. from the Middle Ages is a night, the dark night. Yeah. All your, all your questions you that's, asked were correct. You know why that I, I always struggle with ones because that's a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Literal description. That's not describing the film. That's a literal word like, of the breakdown of the words. And I always struggle with those. So I was, I was writing this to myself at lunch <laughs> today and I thought, I, st I was writing and I stopped. I go, you know what? No. I need to change up how I'm <laughs> describing these because this fuck is going to get everyone. Oh, okay. And just to redeem yourself, what year did The Dark Knight come out? 2008. It is. Well done. Okay. This is the last one. This is the last this one. This is the last All one. All right. Better be a good one then. I think you'll get it. Okay. In media res, soft, wet, shapeless mass of books in a twist contest. Now, <laughs> is that describing events of the film or is it like the previous one where it's like, <laughs> poetry be poetry. <laughs> Give it to me again. <clears throat> In media res, 
soft, wet, shapeless mass of books in a twist contest. In a twist contest? Again, I'm cryptic, but <gasps> I am fair. No, that's a jitterbug contest. <laughs> Sorry, George, give me a... For those listening, George spun like a, like a doe about to be <laughs> like hunted. A, like a whirling dervish. <laughs> like a whirling dervish. Give it to me one more time. In media res, soft, wet, shapeless mass of books in a twist contest. I don't... Are you listening, screaming at your phone because <laughs> you know what it is? Uh, uh, I, a soft, the soft mass of books. Oh, George, uh, you're going to kick yourself. Uh, I'm going to give you another... Because the film I have in my head is... I think is obscurer than this is. Is this quite obscure or is this actually quite a famous film? It's a very famous film. I am very. fair. <sighs> I'm going to literally time you. I know it's really harsh, but because I can't let you go on forever and it's not interesting. Uh, give me the decade. No, you can't. You can't give me that. No. Uh, 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 what was the first line? In media res. So that begins... The which middle, is Latin. Yeah, for beginning in the middle of, you know, the action. Yeah. So that's when a film starts with a scene that happens either in the middle yeah. or the end of the movie. And, and then a soft, a soft, shapeless mass of books. Soft, wet, shapeless mass of books. Well, what is that? Paper in a mache? twist contest. <laughs> Paper mache? In a, uh, in a twist contest. Ten uh, A twist. Uh, I'm thinking of a hairspray. Uh, the reason I thought when you said twist contest, I thought Mulholland Drive. But that's a jitterbug contest. Jordan, I'm so sorry. You are uh, out of time. In media res, as you correctly know, is a literary term for something that starts in the middle. Soft, wet, shapeless mass is what we refer to as pulp. Books, fiction, in a twist contest, is referring to a famous scene. Oh, it's pulp fiction. Oh, yeah, but that's so. That's not. That's <laughs> George, yeah, I had to get abstract with it. No, no, no. That's the way you do a haiku. You're just upset because we named our podcast after the movie and you asked me it was a famous film and I tried not to laugh. I'm going to get. <laughs> So Larry David on you. That's not a haiku. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's in media res, Larry. <laughs> no, I am sorry. It was What's not... the deal with your haikus? It's, it's harsh of me to bring up the film yeah, which well. our podcast finds its name. But I thought it would be, you know it would be so hey, obvious. Hey, you know what? It was... You even mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Fight Club. That's <laughs> yeah. really annoying. You, yeah. know what? you know what? I'm glad I didn't get all of them. It would have been too easy. I love it that he didn't get to. And just, uh, just to redeem yourself, what did Pulp Fiction come out? 1994. Thank you very but much. But I tell you what, you know what? Next week, I'm giving you movie titles to the medium of dance. Okay? Yeah. okay? <laughs> Sorry, audio listeners. You would have to describe everything you're doing for the audio listeners. listeners and that's a lot of work. Like audio description. Have you ever done that? We've like gone to see a film by accident. Not by accident. You've to see a film and it's the audio description oh showing. God, or, it's yeah. the, or you can't work out how to turn it off on Netflix. And I it's think like I saw a long Car beeps. Footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. I saw a long came Polly like that. It was being what, described. What, what a random film. It was, it, to it, it was a like what? it was a half term Wednesday morning daytime screening. You would have been about ten years old. Yeah, that film. yeah. Along came Polly. Along came Polly. Two, 19, 2005. And you know, you're in the cinema. And my mom's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I had that. I, I, I remember, do you remember You, Me, and Dupree? Yes, of course. Yeah. Do, what a waste of time that film was. Why did I, why did I go see that? You, Me, and Dupree. Like, what's that about? They ran out of things to rhyme it with. And like, what's Dupree? It's a character uh, uh, who moves in with his friends. But Dupree's not a name. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Release it.